Hello beautiful survivors, this is Karina and I am the host and creator of this great podcast, Stroke Surviving the Odds. Just a little FYI, I am saying great because we are number 7 worldwide in our category of Stroke Survivor Podcast, so I'm very happy and very proud of all of us. For those of you who don't know who I am, I suffered a brainstem dissection in March of 1999 which led me to a coma and a locked-in syndrome, but eventually it led me right here to you. And I'm very happy about that. So my shows have one mission, to make one person feel better about their situation somewhere in this big, vast world. And my job is going to be done and I'm going to be over the moon. I think that with the news that I just told you that our show is number seven, my mission is going to be accomplished. Yes? Ah, uh-huh, it's so cool. I recommend that you guys go right ahead and you download the episodes because I know that they're full of value. And I know that you're going to want to refer to them and take notes. I know that when I listen to somebody's podcast such as this, I like to take notes. Never know what you're going to what you're going to encounter and can benefit you, right? No harm, no foul. You know, 24 years ago, when I survived the stroke, uh, there was no concept of podcast, Facebook, and Instagram. So I had to learn everything by myself. And I vowed that when I was going to be okay, when I was going to make it through, when I was going to figure shit out, I was going to share with the world what I know. Because... If I had a podcast like this to listen to or someone to help me out back then, it would have saved me so many tears and so much frustration. So really, this is my way of paying it forward. I hope you guys appreciate. There is nothing taboo, nothing off limits. Everything is on the table. And I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know if uh, there is anything that you think I should be talking about or if you would like me to dedicate an episode to you with something that is pertinent that's going on in your life right now. You know, to keep, to keep knowledge or to keep questions to yourself actually is kind of doing a disservice to other people. Because if you don't ask that question and the other person wanted to ask but they felt uncomfortable, none of you are going to get an answer to maybe help benefit you. So go right ahead, reach out to me on Facebook at Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page, as well as on Instagram at SSTO underscore the podcast and go right ahead and ask me anything and everything i am here to empower inspire and give you hope that there is life to live after stroke so in my last episode i was talking about how resilience is a skill And a skill can be learned by anybody with patience, with repetition and consistency, anything can be learned. So um, knowing that, for today's episode, 
we're gonna stay in the same direction but we're gonna move north a little bit what i would like to do for today's episode is to teach you how to build mental resilience i know you're saying karina how much resilience can i get you know what we have resilience in what we do in the actions that we do that was the other episode today i want to go a little bit more in in precision in the mental state anybody who knows me anybody who's been listening to me for my two seasons now uh, knows that i'm all about emotions and feelings and allowing yourself to feel <laughs> so today's episode is definitely going to be appropriate so go right ahead grab yourself a coffee or a glass of water a pen and a paper i always say that the faintest of ink is better than the best memory so i'll give you a couple of minutes and go right ahead guys or better yet just put the podcast on pause for those of you who missed out on the last episode of season 2 episode 24 I would love to invite you to go right ahead and listen to it and take some notes because it's very, very important that you know the difference. Yes, well, our other episode, rather, we were talking about the seven C's of the actions we can take to be resilient, how we can build it through skill. And a skill is something that is learned and a skill is something that is done. And today, we are also going to do the seven C's, but the seven C's of the mental resilience. You guys ready? You ready for this? (laughs) Okay, let's go. You know, the first one is having a positive mindset. I know that we hear about this all the time. Positive mindset, you got to readjust the way you think and this. Okay. Like. Everything else, I always have something to say, but you guys can let me know what you think. Having a positive mindset is not getting up in the morning and getting all jolly, but having a positive mindset is capable of taking the bad and turning it into a good. To me, having a positive mindset is seeing the possibilities that things can actually be better than you think. Again, you're open to possibilities. And I find that as stroke survivors, that many of you out there are resisting having a positive mindset. Why? Is it because you feel guilty that maybe you're still alive and somebody else isn't? If you're alive, my love, if you are here today listening to me and my squeaky voice, It's because you're meant to be here. It's because someone has something to learn from you. By having that positive mindset allows you to see and feel and think that everything you do and like I said, you see, you feel, you think, everything you do has an effect. Everything you do has that ripple effect. I assure you that if you try to be the 
best you can be, even when things are crappy, and you try, you just push through. As survivors, that's what we do. We push through. I promise that the ripple effect of the family around you, of even the dog, <laughs> your friends, your coworkers, they're all going to see. And they're all going to say, shit, what's going on with Joe Blue? That person changed, but they changed like they're always happy. There's nothing bad in always being happy. There's nothing bad in being happy-go-lucky all the time. I'm always happy-go-lucky. I have my down moments, trust me. But I, I try, I really, 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 what, what does it give? Huh? What does it give to stay in a low vibe? It doesn't give anything. It doesn't benefit you. But when you're in a high vibe, when you're in a positive mindset, you are sending these waves, these energy waves to the people out there. It's funny because yesterday I, I made a story on Facebook and I was saying how, uh, you know, when we say uh, what you send out to the universe and the universe is going to prevail and it's going to bring it back to you. I really, really believe that. Many people think that the word universe used in that context is that you send it out to the gods. Okay. Yes, but the universe is what's around you, right? It's, it's, it's the world you are living in. If you send out positive energy to your colleagues or to your potential clients, they're going to feed off. If Think about it. If you're a wife listening to me, if you're a woman listening to me, or a man for that matter, but let's use the woman as an example. If you're a woman and you get up in the morning and you're in a crappy fucking mood, right? You had a bad night's sleep, you're menopausing, and you're having hot sweats all night. I know I'm going through it right now, right? When you wake up in the morning and you're crabby, the rest of the family is crabby. And everything is going to get on your nerves and everybody's going to be walking on eggshells around you. But if you get up in the morning and you had a crappy night, but yet you wake up in the morning, you put your slippers, you go pour yourself a nice cup of coffee and you say, come on, the kids, we got to go to school. Come on, chop, chop, let's go. And all right, Rex, you want to go outside? Okay, go fucking piss already. You know, <laughs> my dog just left in her head, you know, but you're doing it with humor, with, with happiness. You're in a higher vibe. And the people around you, your kids and your hubby or your roommate or whoever lives there is going to say, my God, you're pretty chirpy this morning. You might be in a crappy fucking mood. But that beautiful energy you're giving is making everybody else around you in a great mood. What do you think about that? The second one is really not to get stuck in your limiting beliefs. Those of you who are wondering what is a limiting belief is when you start thinking I'm not good enough, I'm not successful enough, or I'll never be successful. I have no experience. I'll never be as good as you. Those are just a few examples. Okay. Uh, if that's what you believe, 
that's what's going to happen. You remember what I just said about the low vibe and the high vibe? So if you're believing in your limiting belief, you will never move forward. I'm Francophone. I'm from Montreal, uh, Canada. And, um, okay, I don't know how to do this expression. I was raised thinking, um, I'm exaggerating now because I'm translating it in English, but I was raised thinking, well, you were born middle class and you're going to stay middle class all your life. Bullshit. Uh, here in Quebec, a lot of people were raised that, that way. And I'm sorry, but I'm totally against that way because that is the biggest limiting belief that you are not worth getting the best. It is so not true that you're not worth being happy. What is going to make you happy? I, I can assure you that a car and a house and objects are not going to make you happy. They will make you feel fulfilled for a very short time, but they will not make you feel happy. What is it that you really believe in your core? Is it something that could be changed or modified? But don't let your limiting belief and don't let anybody tell you that's that's that that's abuse in 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 its way don't let anybody rain on your parade and 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 take you for less than what you actually are and you are not less and as stroke survivors again some of you often feel like because of what went on before the stroke maybe before the stroke you were having a hard time and maybe before the stroke you didn't graduate high school uh, like me or maybe before the stroke you didn't get to that big ass paying job and now that you had the stroke it plays something on your mind having the stroke doesn't only bother the body but it also bothers the mind Therefore, those beliefs that you had before the stroke are going to be amplified after the stroke. So, building mental resilience is seeing the feeling there in front of you. You're thinking it. It's there. But you are not a sponge. You are not absorbing it. It's only there. Fine. Whatever. You do you, I do me. Right? So, and you might not be able to fight, fight that, that belief, that limiting belief for quite some time. But don't give up. Just keep trying and trying. Because every time you try, you're building your resilience. Sounds like a plan. And just another little side note, many, many of us, I'm including myself, many of us uh, wish for a little bit more money, wish for ways to make more money. And that's what we have to ask ourselves, how can I make more money staying true to myself, true to my values? That is thing number one I wanted to mention. But thing number two is that I'm always 
telling you guys how it's important to be aligned because I had to learn the hard way that when your mind, your body, when your mind and your emotions don't work, your body doesn't work. So if those limiting beliefs are weighing your mind, don't wonder why your body is aching so much why you have a skin problem or why you have ulcers. You need to be aligned. You need to be aligned. And a lot of you are gonna say, how do I do it, Karina? It's not, it's not a magic pill that I can give you. It's something that you have to be willing to work on. Actually, um, I'm gonna tell you guys, I'm a trauma survival coach. I deal with this. I specialize with stroke survivors. So I have something special to offer you guys, my listeners. I'm offering 10 sessions for the price of two, which is only 150 Canadian instead of 750 Canadian. Okay. And we work on those limiting beliefs and on self-confidence building and everything. I really want everybody, every one of you to at least get better 1%, just 1%, that's all I want. So please stop getting stuck in those limiting beliefs, in the what ifs, and crying over spilled milk. Sounds good? I would like to let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by Motivate Community Shanghai where you can get any NLP and ICF training by world-class trainers. And in fact, guys, that's where I took my own NLP Master Practitioner class. You can reach them at team at motivateshanghai.com. I will be uh, leaving everything in the description. You can get in touch with them, find out when their next session is going to be, and all that good stuff. Team Motivate Shanghai.com. So, the third one, the third mental resilience builder, is taking control over your life. You know, when the stroke happened, it happened, right? And it deshuffled everything around it your life and the one of everybody around. And you didn't have any control really at that point. Once the stroke happened, you lost control. You lost the battle, unfortunately. But guess what? Moving forward, as of today, you are taking back control of your life. And it's okay. It's okay to decide right now that you are back. You are back, baby. And you're going to be making the most of it. It's okay, guys, to say no. Nobody ever died because they heard too many no's. So if you have to say no to your sister-in-law that wants you to bring something special for bake something special and you don't have the energy or the time as a stroke survivor, it's okay. If your coworker asks you to do another document and you're already crushed for time with your own stuff. It's okay to tell that colleague 
I'm sorry, but no, I can't. You'll have to ask somebody else. You know what? When you take control, it's not as bad. A lot of people don't like the word control. I happen to love the word control. Not because I'm a control freak, but because who better to know what I want and how I want it than myself, right? And this is my life. There's nobody else that's going to be driving my life. So now I'm asking you, who is driving your life? You have to be the master of your own thing, the CEO, the director. You hire and fire the actors, the people around. You decide what's going to happen next. And very often, we have to set boundaries and limitation. We have to stop tolerating things that we used to. But we also have to live by example, right? We all grew up with the fact that you don't do unto others what you don't want to be done to you. So if you don't want your spouse to give you shit and, and scream at you, then maybe you shouldn't. If you want your kids to have a better communication with you and, and get closer to you, well, sometimes I learned that the hard way also, but sometimes you have to stop bitching that the door, the, 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 the room is a mess. You have to stay, like, close the door, out of sight, out of mind. Pick your battles. But that is taking control of your life. Therefore, at that very moment, that is not going to be easy. Nothing is going to be easy of what I'm going to talk about today. It's simple, but it's not easy. But it's doable. You're going to have to walk by the kid's bedroom and see the messy clothes on the floor and the leftover food and the dirty dishes and everything a few times before things go well. But guess what? If you keep your cool, the kids are going to keep their cool too. I know you have a lot. You're juggling a lot. You're wearing many hats. Whoever you are who's listening to me right now. But everything we do has an effect. An action causes a reaction. And last but not least, if you want to take over your life, you have to acknowledge and you have to accept the fact that you were a stroke survivor. That your house is not going to be as clean as your old standards were. That your table settings aren't going to be all fluffed up and all blinged out the way they used to before, right? That your hair might be put up in a ponytail or way straight because you can't do a overhead motions. That means you got to accept. When we take control of our own life, it means that we also take, take control of what we can't control. Do you know what I mean? We have to let go. You have to let go. You have to learn to let go. How? Meditation. Silence your brain. Silence your mind. I offer a support group every Monday at 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am going to link it also in the description. We would love to have you. We are all 
survivors of something. And taking control of your life is picking and choosing who you're going to vent to. Our spouses are not our emotional punching bags out there. I know, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, guys. I was married back then, and I was not the nicest person all the time, most of the time. And I admit it now. I realize it. They are not emotional punching bags. And when we talk about building mental resilience, that's exactly what we're talking about. Okay? You got this. How are you guys doing? If you can, go right ahead and stretch up, stretch those pretty little legs, <laughs> have a bathroom break. If you can't stand up and you want to put the pen down and shift your position a little bit, I fully understand. Go right ahead and put the podcast on pause. You know, every time you guys tune in, every time you listen to me, those few minutes, you are taking back control of your life. You know that? Because even though you may think that you are not taking action, you may think you're not doing enough, just the fact that you're listening, your subconscious is registering, my God, (laughs) registering. Your subconscious is getting it. You're imprinting your subconscious that this is what's going on. And I assure you that you are taking control of your life. The number four is making a commitment. Make a commitment with yourself. I spent the whole season one of my podcast explaining to you guys how when I was in the hospital, I was at the mercy of the doctors and the nurses and the orderlies, where it took five people all the time to lift me up from bed to put me in a wheelchair. I was in a victim mode at that moment because I was at the mercy of others, right? I did not have control. But I tell you now that when I got to rehab, when I started having control over, even though my mind was not all there, I was taking control of what I wanted not to do. I committed. So I talk about deciding and committing. If you're going to decide to do something, if you're going to decide to wear the sweater you are today, you are going to commit to rocking that sweater, to looking the best you can. You are deciding to feel good in that sweater. You are going to express how you feel good in that sweater or that pajama for that matter. You know what I mean? So every time you decide, you have to commit. How many times are kids said in different circumstances, oh, I'll try better next time? It sounds great, right? It sounds fantastic. But without action, there is no commitment. There's just words. There has to be some sort of action, some sort of change, some sort of movement. That is a commitment. In today's context, where we are talking about mental resilience, 
I want you to think back the last time that you said you were going to do something and maybe you didn't quite get there. And I want you to feel that feeling. How do you feel right now with that? Right? You're a little bit deceived, right? You're upset. You're pissed off. You're, you don't let your limiting beliefs think that you're not good enough. Okay? We're not going there. But you were dece deceived. You know what? When you, when you take a commitment and you don't do it, comes deception. Think of the 1st of January. How many million people make, oh, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And by the 16th of January, everything is out the window, right? That's disappointing. If you're going to say you're going to stop smoking, you better stop smoking or at least give it a good shot. But don't just talk. Do. You see? And when we do, we take action. I'm not so cuckoo after all. Huh? I do make sense. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what, guys? I also um, talked to a client this week that we were talking about deception. And she was expressing how she was always deceived throughout her life from a very young age to now in her early 60s. And I asked her, who was the one person that never deceived, disappointed her? And she thought in silence, and I shut up and I listened, I, I, I watched her. And she says, oh my God, it's me. I never disappointed myself. Ah, does that make sense, guys? There's a few factors, you know, talking is easy. But there's a few factors that need to be done. And when we don't do it, it weighs on our mind, on our mental state. When you don't achieve the goal you want to achieve, you're pissed off, you're cranky, you know, you could be sad, many different things. You don't want to go there. And the best way to remedy this is to set small, manageable goals. Me as a coach, if I went and I said, I'm going to make $100,000 this month, or I'm going to make $10,000 this month for that matter, do you think I made $10,000 last month? No, I made, but I didn't make 10. So had I said that, I would have been so disappointed. But I'm a little less disappointed because I did something, right? And it was real. What I set out was real. So it's not 10. So when you set your goals, they have to be achievable goals that you're going to be doing. And you are going to commit to them. And you're not going to let it go. Sounds good? You've got this. Very easy. Number five is accepting a good challenge. That is going to help develop your mental resilience big time. 
I like a big challenge because when things are too stagnant, it becomes too easy and too boring, right? That's why at the gym example, uh, your trainer or yourself, you might modify your, um, your workouts every three, four months just to give yourself a little something different, to give yourself a new challenge. As a stroke survivor, we have so many challenges, right? So many hurdles to jump over. It could be standing up at the kitchen sink. It could be reaching up on the second shelf to get your favorite cup. It could be wringing your, your face cloth. It could be holding a mop on the floor. You see, these are challenges that you can do. And every time you think you're not achieving it, you are. You're one step closer. I love challenges. And honestly, um, a lot of people look at me and they say, yeah, but Karina, look at you. You know, it's hard to believe you had a stroke. You know, uh, you walk with a limp. Yes, but we don't know what's wrong. And you still have mobility. Yeah, but I work freaking hard to be here, man. I took the challenges. I told you, when I got to rehab and when I left the rehab to go home, I did five years of, of outpatient therapy just to make sure that I was doing these things. And I'm not perfect, guys. I still have my left, my left limitation, my left side uh, hemiplegia. So, but you know what? Cognitively, I had a lot of work to do. And at 38 years old, I was diagnosed having, uh, having bipolar traits and double personality traits. I had to work double hard on my cognitive behavior. But I love a good challenge because it only makes me get that much better. And I don't know about you, but I like to get that much better. For me, not for anybody else, not to prove myself to anybody. I only have to prove things to me. And by doing so, I might make the life of my spouse better or easier for him to take or for my daughter, the same thing, right? But there's a challenge, give it to me. No problem, I got it. You know what? You should have that mentality too. You're one step closer and you are building your mental resilience. But there's another version to this. Accepting a challenge is also accepting defeat. But in the context of today's episode, it is not a defeat. You are one step closer. You may see it like so, but it is not. Accepting a challenge is also letting go. Letting go that Maybe you'll never be able to stand up at the sink or reach that second shelf to get your favorite cup or squeeze uh, the, your face cloth. Maybe you're not. It doesn't mean you gotta give up. If, there, if ever that happens, if that is you, I recommend you work double hard on something else. If you feel, if your doctors told you that it's not going to get zero better, that, 
Anyways, listen, I'm here to give you hope, right? I, the doctor said that I was going to be a, you know, that I was either going to die or be like a quadriplegic in bed. Let's call it like that, okay? And look at me now. So, pe, the doctors tell us what they know on the scientific side. But I am here to tell you, as a human, anything is possible. I am proof to that. And if it worked for me, if my hard work worked for me, why would it not work for you? But if you want it to work for you, you got to work. You can't just sit there and say it's not working. Hello, this is not the case. Okay? But you got to be okay with the fact that maybe it's not necessarily going to be okay. I'm keeping it real here with you guys. Okay? Accept the challenge and develop your mental resilience. And if, God forbid, you can't do something for real, work double hard at something else and kick ass doing something else. But never freaking give up, okay? You got that? Last but not least, it's finding comfort in loved ones. Finding comfort in loved ones doesn't only mean that it's blood-related family. It could mean your friends. It could mean your pets. How good does it feel when your little pet comes to you and gives you a hug and gives you a licky on your chin and, and doggy kisses and goo-goo eyes? How good does that feel? Huh? You, some of you are going to tell me, yeah, but it's not a guy or yeah, but it's not a girl. Do you know how many people out there have no one and no pets and no friends? And there you are. You have a friend. One friend, you have me, right? Maybe we'll never see each other, but I'm still here for you if you need me. And my dog and your dog. Find the comfort in loved one. Remember what I told you in, I think it was number two or three. Now I forget. How our spouses are not emotional punching bags. When we find comfort in them, it doesn't mean to empty out all your sadness. I'm going to speak to the women out there. Um, in 2018, I fell into this deep depression and I did not know at the time. I knew I was depressed. I just didn't know what triggered it on, you know, right there. And I remember crying profusely in the living room. And my husband takes my shoulders to hold me and he says, Babe, just tell me what, what I can do for you. Just tell me what you need. And I'm looking at him crying and sighing and I'm saying, I don't know. And that broke his heart. That broke his heart that he couldn't take away my pain. Now, what you guys don't know is that we were going through some stuff too. So the moral of my story here is that they don't need to know everything about us or spouses. They just want to protect us. They just want to take the pain away in many cases. So, yes, find comfort in loved ones. 
and those who are not blood relatives. And if you are listening to my podcast today, there's a reason for that. That there's something that I mentioned, anything in here. And I talked about a lot of stuff because I like to talk. (laughs) But there's something I said that you needed to hear today. Because everybody we meet, every everything we do, every book we open, it, it's at a place where it needs to be to help us on that time. I, I, I strongly believe that. And I put the book in because it's true. Give it a try. Open any book. And you're going to see that it opens up on the page you need to hear today. It's really freaky, I'm telling you guys. So all this is to build your mental resilience. So one is positive mindset. Two is don't get stuck in your limiting beliefs. Three is take control of your life and it's okay to decide something else. Four is making a commitment. Five is accepting challenge to develop your mental resilience. Six is to have confidence on your mental strengths. And seven is finding comfort in loved ones, pets, friends, gardening, choir, podcasts, but find comfort. Sounds good. I'm emotionally invested right now and there's four minutes and 22 seconds on my phone and I realized that I did not give you number six, but I'm happy that I didn't, you see? It's have confidence in your mental strength. And actually, I was going to end now that I think of it. End today with that. Have confidence in yourself. Trust yourself. Trust the process. Everything we do is a process. Trust that you're going to do the right thing. And even when you don't do the right thing, You have a positive mindset. You see how everything blends into each other? That's the way life goes, man. That's the way life goes. You have been listening to Stroke Surviving the Oz with me, Karina Lemire. I love you very much, guys. And again, my... um, Tagline on Facebook is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page and on Instagram at SSTO underscore the podcast. I will talk to you very soon and don't forget to develop your mental resilience. (laughs) Bye.